What's going on, everyone? Welcome into the PFN Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Kyle Yates, and I am your host. I can be found on Twitter at KyleYNFL. I am joined here today by the boys. That is Kyle Safi. You can be found on Twitter at Kyle Safi PFN. That is Derek Tate. You can be found on Twitter at Derek Tate NFL. Safi, I will start with you. You were absent on yesterday's podcast, and I think it was for a, 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 a legitimate reason. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, over the past week, we've had three hospital trips, two PFN records. You know, we had one kidney stone removed and like a partridge in a pear tree. We just tied it all together. We had a nice little uh, nice little situation. Pro tip out there, don't have kidney stones if you can at all avoid it. And that is, uh, that is the most valuable advice I'll be offering anybody on any podcast ever. So if you can avoid it, by all means do it. But uh, we got football tomorrow. Like, I'm back. I, I can see straight. That means I can watch football, which means we're good to go. <laughs> uh, nothing could keep Soppy down from being no. here when we have football on the TV tomorrow. Derek, how are you today on this fine Wednesday morning? I'm doing all right. I'm super excited that Soppy's back. I thought there was a chance he might be on paternity leave. But uh, <laughs> welcome back, my friend. And I we're appreciate We're just in you. time for the start of the NFL season. I can't wait to jump in. Let's do all it. right, fellas. Well, we have a ton to get through here in this podcast. You guys know that if you're watching this, if you're listening, we waste no time here on the podcast getting into the news that you need to know. So let's get into it here. Travis Kelsey. This broke yesterday afternoon during practice yesterday. Travis Kelsey hyperextended his knee during practice. Sapi, I'll start here with you. What do what in the world do we do with Travis Kelsey from a fantasy standpoint? What's sort of the latest news that we need to know? Yeah, you thank the football gods that this game's on a Thursday and not a Monday night where you're sweating it and having to pick up backups or Noah Gray or anything like that. Not that Noah Gray would be a bad option, but there's better options out there if you need to replace Kelsey. Like, it's, you know, we're closing in on 36 hours here till the game starts. If he's not active, there's active guys on your waiver wire that are fine replacements for September, let alone week one. You've got Jawan Johnson and Gerald Everett. Two of my favorites available in more than 50% of ESPN leagues offer decent volume. They can get you by. They're not going to give you first-round value that you're expecting from Kelsey because no tight end is going to do that. I'm not sure Kelsey will do that. But they can get you by short-term, and right now that's what you need. You need a Band-Aid. None of us think that this is a three-month injury to Kelsey. Fingers crossed. I am no doctor. I haven't talked to Stefania in a while. It doesn't sound that way. So as long as we can avoid that, you can piecemeal this together. I like Gerald Everett. We'll talk about him later in the show. I, in a high-scoring game in the 50s, like I think yep. that's my play for the guys that's kind of available in roughly half of leagues, but there's options out there. You can soak up five to six targets somewhere and get through week one. Now, as we're recording this, it is 9.15 uh, a.m. Eastern over on Wednesday morning, so we do not know the latest news. Uh, Kelsey is supposed to have an MRI here today to determine the severity of the injury. Schefter tweeted out yesterday, it is believed that his ACL is still intact. Man, we really, really hope that that his ACL yeah, is do. still intact. Uh, yeah, we really, really hope that. So, Derek, any anything else to add here with Travis Kelsey? Like, there are some other options, too. He mentioned Juwan Johnson, Gerald Everett. I tweeted out yesterday, and it seems gross, but, like, Hunter Henry, Hayden Hurst, these guys are Band-Aid options that are available everywhere. Any loose ends that you need to wrap up here with as we talk about Travis Kelsey? Not really. Just a slight tick up maybe for some of the other pass catchers. Uh, if, if you are truly a believer in Sky Moore, then there's probably no better week to start him than against the Lions secondary with Travis Kelsey not being 100% heading into this contest. Uh, so maybe a slight bump up for the other Chiefs pass catchers. But I'm also kind of high on the tight end that's going to be on the opposing team, Sam Laporta. Uh, I, I, I've seen Laporta available in a lot of different leagues. So... 
I kind of believe if it's going to be a higher scoring contest with a lot of yards through the air for the Detroit Lions, then Sam Laporte is worth a look too. Uh, Derek, I will ask you, Noah Gray, Sapi mentioned him. Like, is he worth plugging in there or is there just too much uncertainty here where there are some other options that we know what their role is going to be? I would much rather have Jawan Johnson, Gerald Everett, Sam Laporta, Luke Musgrave, any of the other kind of off-the-radar tight end options than just the guy that's behind Kelsey. So. I, do, I Yeah, I do like the suggestion of Sam Laporta because this over-under is, I mean, I'm sure that it's ticked down. I haven't seen the line move, but 54 and a half. half. Okay, so still a very, very high-scoring game here that we anticipate points to go up on the board. Sam Laporta should see plenty of opportunity. If you do need a pivot option, there are some several different players on the waiver wire that you can definitely turn to. Another one that we neglected to talk about on yesterday's podcast was Cooper Cup. I wanted to wait until, until Soppy got back. That's really the reasoning. Appreciate you. Uh, Cooper Cup uh, dealing with his hamstring injury, obviously re-aggravated it over the weekend. Derek, what's the latest news here? And what in the world do we do with Cooper Cup in week one? Yeah, it's, it doesn't seem like he's trending in the right direction. There is a, it's in jeopardy. His week one status is probably putting it kindly. I would have a contingency plan, whether it is, I, I, I would, I insert Tyler Higby in, into the top 10 for oh, a weekly yeah. play in week number one, because I do think he's, there's a real chance that he leads the team in targets in week number one, even though the efficiency might not be there. Uh, but, you know, if you want to throw a dart at Van Jefferson or Pukunukua, who Sean McVay did say he sees him as an immediate contributor, uh, even as a rookie in this offense. Uh, you know, those guys are maybe worth a dart throw in deeper leagues because I do think that they're going to probably be playing from behind and um, against a Seattle offense that's pretty loaded and a Los Angeles Rams defense that's very, very inexperienced and young yeah. on the other side. So for me, I, those guys are worth a look, but I'm starting Tyler Higby with confidence in week one. Sapi, anything to add there with Cooper Cup? Yeah, I think it makes the Seattle Seahawks an interesting week one streamer if you're looking for defenses in that direction or on DFS or anything like that. I mean, they're 93% available on ESPN. You can go out there and get them. And if Matthew Stafford doesn't have Cooper Cup to throw to, I don't really know how they're doing much damage. And you mentioned the, the explosive Seattle offense. So if they put the Rams in a position they need to score without Cup, I, I just don't know how they do it. All right, we are going to be talking about things like waiver wire, trade targets, start sit, I mean, DFS stuff. And then we'll be doing a matchup previews on Friday. Hey They're now. just a little bit of a spoiler there for the people. I haven't told them about that yet. But if you want all of this content written down, you can find it over at pfnfantasy.com along with a ton of other valuable information that you need to dominate your league this season. pfnfantasy.com. Make sure to bookmark that page. Make sure to come back to it every single day as the content is going to be pumping out there. Also, if you are listening to this podcast, wherever you are listening to the podcast, take 30 seconds out of your day, rate and review the show. It helps out in a massive, massive way here. We are cranking out the content for you guys. All that we ask in return, it's absolutely free to do, helps us out in a massive way. Take 30 seconds, leave a five-star rating, leave a review there. We love seeing those come through. So appreciate all the positive feedback that we've been getting. We are going to be here with you all season long, guiding you to a fantasy football championship. Gentlemen, start, sit, week one. I am so excited to say that phrase here as it has been a long time coming. Let's get into it. Let's start this off at the running back position. The way that we are going to do this is we are going to look at running back starts of the week. What we are going to do is we're going to kind of place this players that are a little bit further down the board as far as starts outside the top 20 outside like low end RB twos. These players that you actually have to make decisions on. It's not 
beneficial for us to come onto this podcast and say, you know what, you should start Christian McCaffrey this week. Like that's not beneficial at all. So what we're gonna, <laughs> you should, uh, but what we're gonna do is we're gonna look at players a little bit further down the board that fantasy managers have to, actually have to make decisions on. So Sabi, I'm gonna start here with you. Who is a running back that you are confidently starting this week or at least looking to get into your lineup if you can? Yeah, it's Raheem Mostert for me. I mean, you're talking about an efficient lifetime runner, 5.4 yards per carry, going against the worst yards per carry run defense that we've seen this millennium. 5.6 <laughs> yards per carry the Chargers allowed last season. Mostert, an explosive back. We know Miami's going to score and move the ball. We were talking earlier with the Kelsey situation. Another game with the total in the 50s. They don't have another option right now. Jeff Wilson, IR. A-chain, a rookie kind of being eased in. We didn't see great things this preseason, so I, I'm kind of skeptical that he gets much past the six to eight touches. So if you're telling me I get 15 to 17 touches for Mostert, I've got him running back 18 against this porous Chargers defense. I think I'm locking him in. If you drafted early, odds are good that you got Mostert fringe top 100 overall players. So you might have to bench some decent talent here to get Mostert in there. He started moving up draft boards as the preseason wore on. But I've got him 18. I feel good about starting him as my RB2 this week. It's so funny. We go from the pre-draft process where we're focused chaos. on the individual players yeah. and the offense, and it's just a chaos. Things are flying a million miles an hour. And then we get into the week one you know, routine, and we start looking at individual matchups. I completely forgot just how bad the Los Angeles Chargers defense oh, was at stopping running backs. So, yes, okay. this is a matchup that you want to target. Now, they were banged up last year. Obviously, they've made some investments in the offseason. But this is still a defense that you want to at least bet on still being bad here this season as far as stopping opposing running backs. Raheem Mostert a very, very solid option there, especially to, you mentioned, Devon A-Chain. We don't even know if he's going to be out there week one. It's no. trending towards that, but if he is, what's the workload? Derek likes Chris Brooks, but is Chris Brooks seeing a ton of work here in week one? Most likely not. Raheem Mostert in line for a massive workload, and again, a 50 and a half point over-under, 51 point over-under, a yeah. game that you want to target. Derek, let's start it off with you. Who is a running back that you're looking to start in week one? Yeah, I'm going to be real quick with this one because it makes a lot of sense. Uh, you talked about easing a quarterback in soppy and i believe that they're going to do that in green bay in week number one and his first start really as the guy under center for the green bay packers aj Dillon saw 18 carries in each of the two contests last year against the chicago bears and speaking of having trouble slowing down opposing rushing attacks the chicago bears were yeah. second to last last year as far as giving up the most rushing yards on the ground to opposing teams so i i'm gonna be kind of quick but I see Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. It feels like we're getting some reports that A.J. Dillon could Close. be yeah. in like a 50-50 split with, with Aaron Jones this season. And if that starts to happen, I really like the week one matchup for A.J. Dillon. I, I'd kind of start him with confidence as like a flex play, but could return top 20 value in week one. I would not be surprised when we talk about rest of season risers and fallers next week that A.J. Dillon was the largest riser based on a performance here this week. I've talked about him in my week one running back rankings that are released over on the website. You can find those there at pfnfantasy.com and talked about A.J. Dillon as one of my favorite starts of the week because of the matchup and because I've been pounding the drum for A.J. Dillon all offseason saying that I think he's going to be in line for a massive workload this year. I love the call there with A.J. Dillon in week one. If you've got him and you drafted him as an RB3, are we four on your roster at some point put him into your lineup if you're dealing with jonathan taylor and you have you know yep. aj Dillon, yeah easy easy plug and play there all right let's turn it back over to you sapi your second running back start of the week yeah i'm going back to a committee i am perfectly fine with flexing both commander running backs i'm gonna be fine perfect to be perfectly honest with you starting anybody against the cardinals kyle with kidney stones might do just fine against this defense 
They were 32nd. There's a fantasy percentage. team name for you. There's a fantasy I, team name for you, by the way. You could use Pile it if you want. Stones. Yeah, you could use it if <laughs> you want. I don't want it. <laughs> KS, Kidney Stones, Kyle Safi. There you go. It writes itself. Uh, Arizona, the worst defense in the league, completion percentage and yards per attempt to the running back position last year. That opens up Gibson, which is great. And then you say, who's going to get all the running, running work on the ground, the handoffs to Robinson? They were bottom five in yards per carry before contact. Commanders, the fourth run heaviest team when leading last season. We all think they're going to be ahead plenty. I think there's a world in which both flirt with double-digit fantasy points, and that makes them a flex option for me. Uh, this will be, you know, you guys are targeting the right matchups, right? This is your Chargers, the is. Bears, uh, the Cardinals defense is just going to be one that we, every single week, whatever running back is facing them, we are talking about playing them and getting them into our starting lineup. So definitely guys that you're looking at as the flex spot with either, I mean, Gibson or Brian Robinson, Sapi, are those guys that are like top 24 plays for you or are they more in the flex conversation? I've got Gibson at 24, Robinson at 27. So I, I, they're both flex worthy. But again, if you're dealing with a Jonathan Taylor, maybe they're your RB too because you drafted somebody injured or out before them. I'm fine with them in any format. I mean, Gibson, I think, is going to catch enough balls in PPR and half PPR formats. Robinson, I think, scores, which takes care of you in any format. So I think you're good to go, and I'll be having them in DFS too. Final question here. Antonio Gibson or Dalvin Cook in week one? <sighs> Dalvin Cook obviously going up against Cook. the Buffalo Bills on Monday Night Football, and then Gibson going up against the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, Cook, because I trust that offense a little bit more, but you're in the right range here. It's a committee situation. I wouldn't be surprised if net points from those two backfields is pretty close. All right, Derek, let's throw it back over to you. Your second running back to start. Yeah, speaking of teams that like to run the football, um, the team that ran the second most rushing attempts in 2022 was the Chicago Bears. I'm actually going to stay in that Green Bay-Chicago oh, matchup. I know where this is going. Yeah, and for week one, Zoppy, I believe it's going to be Khalil Herbert. And I'm totally fine putting him in my lineup in a – I think that they're going to, he's going to see a lot of work. He's probably going to see the majority of the snaps, majority of the touches out of the backfield in week number one. If, if he maintains his efficiency on the ground, I think he's going to have a pretty good day against the Packers defense that did kind of struggle to slow down opposing rushing attacks. He gave up 139 yards on the ground per game in 2022. So if there's a week to feel confident starting Khalil Herbert, I believe it's week one before Roshan Johnson sees his role expand in a game that I could see being a little bit low scoring, but it should feature the running backs plenty uh, to start the season. All right. We've been talking a lot about Herbert and Roshan Johnson on this podcast. Let's put it to the test. Yeah. Derek, Khalil Herbert or Rashad White in week one? Rashad White going up against the Minnesota Vikings defense. I'm going Khalil Herbert. Yeah. Do I, who do I think has a better chance to be more efficient on the ground in week number one? I definitely think it's Khalil Herbert. Uh, that, that offensive line there in Tampa Bay is a work in progress, to put it very gently. So, for me, Herbert. Khalil Herbert or Damian Pierce in week one? Damian Pierce going up against the Baltimore Ravens. I think there's going to be more scoring opportunities for the Chicago Bears offense than the Houston Texans. Oh, C.J. Stroud's first question. start and a Baltimore Ravens defense that was pretty good and is still going to be pretty good in 2023. So, uh, And game script probably isn't going to be kind to Pierce in week one. So give me Herbert. Khalil Sabi, Herbert I'm not, as, pre I'm not as predictable. I'm not as predictable as you think. I wasn't going to ask about Khalil Herbert or Isaiah Pacheco. Uh, Gentlemen, let's move on to running back sits. <laughs> running back sits of the week. Let's go with the players that are within that top 20 conversation, the players that we think are solid plays that fantasy managers are, you know, plugging in their lineup without questions, but 
maybe we should have a little bit of concern based on their individual matchup or just players that we are fading going into week one. These aren't players that you are completely sitting. Let me make that clear. These are players that you just have a little bit of concern over. And if you do have other options that we've talked about here, you might be more willing to play them instead. Sapi, I'll start with you. Who is a running back that you are looking to fade in week one? Yeah, and this is a tough spot for fantasy managers because you spent a lot more on Najee Harris than you did either Washington commander running back. But I'm sitting him in favor of both of them. I've got him at running back 30 this week, which is pretty much buried in most formats. Going against the 49ers, the best run defense in the league, 3.3 yards per carry to running backs. I don't need to tell you what you already know. But, I mean, San Fran's going to hold the ball third in time of possession last year. So I'm not even sure Pittsburgh is going to have the ball. And when they have it, they're trailing. That's not a good situation. The next time Harris has a 20-plus yard gain in the month of September, or 20-plus yard run in September, will be his first. He's never had one in his career. So if you're telling me volume's going to be limited and the upside on a per-play basis just isn't there, Najee Harris outside my top 25, and I'm benching him if I have any kind of excuse to do so. Let's say that here today we get news that Nick Bosa has returned to the San Francisco 49ers. Mm -hmm. They figured out the contract extension. He's good to go for week one. Does that, or if he's if he's out, let's say if he is out, does that change at all your thought process for Najee Harris? He moves from probably running back 30 to 28. So no, it's, uh, it's slightly more confident, but I'm not exactly jumping at joy to plug him in. And if I drafted him in a spot in the third, fourth round, whatever he cost you at your draft, you probably have, you have Raheem Mostert. You got five rounds, six rounds, seven rounds later, depending when you drafted, that I would rather play. Man, that's a tough spot to be in. You spent that premium pick on Najee Harris and you got to bench him in week one or look to avoid him. Uh, running back 30 is certainly pretty steep here for a player that you drafted within the third or fourth round of your fantasy drafts. I mean, none of us were particularly high on Najee Harris, though. No. So, I mean, Jalen, really quick, Jalen Warren. Does Jalen Warren become a intriguing flex option if he is that third down back and PPR option, or do we need to see how this backfield plays out first? I think you need to see it. I think Warren has the one play upside that's a little higher, but this defense doesn't give up much. So I don't think there's enough volume for either to return value, whereas in Washington, I think there's going to be enough volume sure. for both to return value. So it's it's a tough spot for them. I think better days are ahead. We noted the team total for Pittsburgh last week. It's just embarrassingly right. low for an offense that we all kind of like. So if there's a buy low window on Pittsburgh, I think it's Monday morning. Yeah. All right, Derek, let's turn it over to you. Your first running back that you were looking to fade this week. Yeah, I'm not super high on the New England Patriots offense. And I have found myself dip, duck, and dodging Ramondre Stevenson at his current ADP price. And I understand he caught 69 passes last year. I understand he finishes the RB7 in PPR formats, yada, yada, yada. They went and signed Zeke Elliott. We don't know what his role in this backfield is going to look like until we see it on the field in week number one. And in week one, they draw a matchup against a Philadelphia Eagles defense that features yeah, a ton of talent along that lineup in the front. I mean, Jalen Carter, Jordan Davis, who is a, you know, an oak tree that you can't move out of the A gap. And he, <laughs> I mean, and then you got the guys on the outside that are obviously very gifted pass rushers and, you know, linebacker core and Zach Cunningham and, and Nicobe Dean that I kind of like. So I just don't see the rushing upside. Sure. Could he catch some passes if game script favors the Patriots playing from behind? Sure. But I just don't see a whole lot of upside with Ramondre in week number one against a very, very talented defense with the Philadelphia Eagles. All right, let me ask you a couple questions about Ramondre Stevenson here. Ramondre Stevenson or J.K. Dobbins in week one going up against the Houston Texans? J.K. Dobbins easily against that Houston Texans rushing defense. Uh, let's go Ramondre Stevenson or Alexander Madison up against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense. 
I think it's going to be a higher scoring game than a lot of people think between the Bucks and the Vikings. Uh, I think the Vikings struggle again in their secondary and looked really rough at points <laughs> on the back end. The Bucks still have very a very good wide receiver duo and the Buccaneers like to play aggressive. I don't think they have an answer for Justin Jefferson. They're going to be able to move the ball consistently, which should generate enough scoring opportunities to go with Madison. All right, final one here. Ramondre Stevenson or David Montgomery on Thursday Night Football going up against the Kansas City Chiefs? Ooh, ooh, I'm going David Montgomery. Uh, if, wow. we, if we think this is going to be a high-scoring contest between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Detroit Lions, uh, I think that David Montgomery is going to see plenty of run in Week 1, in particular the carries in the red area, which is what produces fantasy points. David Montgomery for me. All right, Zombie, let's turn it back over to you, your second running back that you were looking to fade. Yeah, we mentioned it briefly in the cup news off the top that this offense isn't going to do anything if he's inactive. So that leaks over to Cam Akers. I mean, I'm not sold that he's great, and I'm not sold on the volume to begin with because we see it at the end of every season, and then we don't see it for the first four months when we're all investing in it. He didn't have a 20-yard gain until Christmas last year, and we're all judging him like he's this 20-carry, 20 20-touch 20 lock. I don't see it, and if this offense isn't moving the ball, if they fall behind, that's a bigger problem. He's got more career games than he does career catches. So Akers is right in that Najee Harris range for me. You spent up a little bit on him on draft day. He's not in your week one lineup for me. All right, let's keep moving here because we haven't even gotten to the wide receivers yet. Uh, let's go, Derek, your final running back to sit or fade here in week one. Yeah, I'm going to keep this very simple. I am fading pretty much every Arizona Cardinal until mm – -hmm. Further to notice. be determined yeah. <laughs> until we figure out who the quarterback is and what this offense looks like i'm going to stay away from james connor in particular uh, I, I do think the volume will be there but is the efficiency going to be there is the scoring opportunities going to be there against a pretty good commander's defensive unit I, I i'm betting against that and i'm fading him out of my lineup yeah you look at that washington defensive line obviously we talk about that a ton but Montez Sweat, Deron Payne, Jonathan Allen, Chase Young going up against that Arizona Cardinals offensive line and probably Clayton Toon in week one as a starting quarterback. Uh, good night. It's not going to be pretty here for the Arizona Cardinals. So that is a situation, Derek, just let me know if I'm wrong here. But if you got James Conner and you got Raheem Mostert that you drafted six mm -hmm. rounds later, you're probably playing Raheem Mostert, right? Week one, Raheem Mostert all day. All right, let's move into some wide receiver starts. Before we do, though, the start of the 2023 NFL season is here, which means that we get to talk about some really cool, exciting new exclusive offers. Underdog Fantasy is now offering new customers that sign up with the promo code PFN, or you can click the link here in your description, a deposit match up to $100 like they always do, plus a mystery pick'em special indie pick'em lobby to use right from the start. All you have to do is click the link in your podcast or show description, sign up, make your first deposit for access, and you will find the special player you got right there in the pick'em lobby. And guys, for week one, it is Patrick Mahomes at 0.5 total yards. I think you're going to want to take advantage of that. So sign up now with the code PFN and take advantage of this ridiculously awesome offer today. Let's move into wide receivers here, boys. Kyle, your wide receiver start number one. Where are we going? Yeah, I mean, we've been pretty consistent on this all offseason, and it's Gabe Davis for me. It's a tough Jets defense. I get that. Monday night, all that. But They've done a great job on Diggs. Like last season, 36% fewer points per target for Diggs against the Jets than against the rest of the NFL. So if they're going to focus all their acumen that way, and they had a good – like they shut down Buffalo for the most part, I think Gabe can get loose for a big one or two. I think this game's going to be lower scoring than most. Sign me up for the under there. 
But in a game like that, you're looking for one big play to kind of shift the tides here. And Gabe Davis, I think, could be making that big play if they devote resources Stefan Diggs' way as they have in the previous matchups. Gabe Davis at wide receiver 33 on the week for me currently has the potential yeah. to move up as we get closer to lineups locking there. But I'll ask you, Stompy, Gabe Davis or George Pickens this week? Pickens going up against San Francisco. Yeah, I'll go Davis there. I mean, I'm I'm not overly confident in Davis, but I think if he's going to hit one of these peak games, this is a sneaky spot to do it. Pickens, I just don't know the upside of that offense. Like, if you told me Buffalo scored 30, I'd believe you. If you told me Pittsburgh third scored 30, I'd ask you how many quarters they played. So, I mean, I, yeah, give me Gabe there. All right, and then final one here, Gabe Davis or Sky Moore with Travis Kelsey unlikely to play in week one. PP, you're assuming half PPR? Yeah, just half PPR. I guess I'll go Sky because I think he probably sees, what, four-ish more targets than Gabe, and I'll I'll take that floor in week one because these aren't guys you're starting as your wide receiver one or two where you need massive right. production. If I can get 10 points, you know, get like a – four for 60 and you flirt with a touchdown or whatever that's fine by me i think sky Moore's a better bet to do that if you told me one would finish inside the top 20 this week i think gabe's a better bet all right derek let's start with you here wide receiver start of the week where are we going yeah uh the first guy that comes to my mind with jackson smith and jigba still dealing and rehabbing from a wrist surgery right do we know what his workload if he is active is going to be in week number one i don't feel confident in it so if he's a no-go or even if he is active i think he's going to have a limited role give me dk metcalf this Rams secondary uh, can you even name a starting corner well i like, immediately was like well jalen rams no nope. ramsey right yeah. nope. <laughs> right nope so Forgot about that <laughs> kobe durant trey tomlinson are looking to check dk metcalf and no offense to them they're in the league but dk Matt metcalf is going to be a problem he was a problem for jalen ramsey he went for eight receptions and like 127 yards and a touchdown in week 13's matchup last year with Ramsey in the lineup. Now they don't have Ramsey to go ahead and try to check DK Metcalf. I, I see Metcalf uh, popping a couple big plays and, and really being able to give the corners the business and welcome them to the NFL. So uh, give me, give me DK Metcalf confidently in week one. Yeah. We drafted DK Metcalf as I think off the top of my head was like wide receiver 15 off the board in ADP. So definitely a guy that we had questions about with Jackson Smith and Jigba with Tyler Lockett, but the matchup certainly dictates that you are confidently starting him here this week. Sampi, let's throw it back over to you. Your second wide receiver start. Yeah, I'm really just playing up to our host here. I went with Gabe Davis and noted Kyle Yates' uh, stand, and then we're going Elijah Moore here. I'm higher on him this week than I was in the preseason process. I mean, Cincinnati is a good defense. Don't get me wrong, but I think they're going to score, which is going to require Cleveland to get some bring back here. Cincinnati, fourth most yards per pass at the slot last season, which could be where Moore finds most of his time. Amari Cooper was held to an 18% target share. That's what you need to know. They held him down when it came to targets and if targets are going somewhere else dpj as much as i like them isn't going to vacuum in targets the running backs aren't going to vacuum in targets so if you're telling me more gets six to eight targets in a game that i think is going to go up and down to me that's flirting with top 30 numbers again we're talking double digit fantasy points is all it takes to return value at this point i think there's a good chance he gets there maybe maybe he doesn't score but if he gets eight targets and turns that into six catches i really think he could uh provide some nice flex value here does your analysis or sort of stance on Elijah Moore this week change at all if Joe Burrow is not able to go for the Cincinnati Bengals, which would then obviously allow Cleveland to probably lean on the run game and run out the clock and sort of that sort of thing? 
It does a little bit right now. I have him one spot ahead of Sky Moore, the guy you mentioned last time. I'd put him behind Sky Moore if that were to happen, just because I don't think the volume of passes will be there if Burrow's not there to kind of, you know, push tempo the other way. But it wouldn't change in a major way because it's the opposing team's quarterback. Like, it can right. only change my analysis so much. But to a degree, I get where you're going with that. And, yeah, but I expect Burrow to play. All right, Derek, let's throw it back over to you, your second wide receiver start of the week. Yeah, there's someone looking for a contract extension in the city of Tampa, and his name is Mike Evans. And certainly, I believe he's worth it, but as an organization, it looks like they're in retool, rebuild mode, and Mike Evans may be auditioning for his next big contract once he finishes out his tenure with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And he's got himself a pretty darn good matchup in week number one against a Viking secondary that had all kinds of issues on the back end. I think they gave up the second most passing yards in the league. Uh, only the Tennessee Titans finished um, with more passing yards allowed last season. So I, and I think that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense, it's a bad matchup. I think Justin Jefferson is going to eat in this contest i wouldn't be surprised if he puts up over 100 yards uh, against this buccaneer secondary i don't see anybody that's going to be able to check him so in what i think could be an up and down game i, I think that the buccaneers are going to be playing from behind which favors the receivers seeing some volume and certainly mike evans is still capable of being a quality red zone option and a guy that can still get vertical and chunk you um on a consistent basis so give me mike evans uh, we look at the Minnesota secondary going into 2023. It is filled with names like Caleb Evans, uh, Makai Blackman, and Byron Murphy Jr. Uh, I only know one of those names, and I work in the industry. So yeah, it could have been my doctors. Like yep, I mean, they I, could be anybody. <laughs> uh, so this is a this is a little bit of a mismatch. And if we can get competent quarterback play from Baker Mayfield, Mike Evans probably going to return value on where he is being ranked here in Week One. All right, boys, let's move over to wide receiver sits of the week or fades. Let's go with Soppy, your first player that you are concerned about in week one. My concern for week one is the same as it was for coming into the season. I'm worried about New Hopkins and his ability to be efficient. I'm just going to call it what it is. I know that I'm not in the norm, and I know everybody in the industry had him and this Damian Pierce dude way higher than I did. <laughs> but, I mean, I just don't think he can be – the level of efficient that it's going to take to succeed in offense in Tennessee that doesn't want to have volume through the air. And I don't think they're going to have a chance to have volume in this spot. New Orleans top four in the league last season in completion percentage, yards per attempt, touchdown rate last year. They were a good defense. And without extreme volume, you're not getting there against them. Tennessee's not going to have that. I get that he's probably going to lead the lead or lead the team in targets. You know what he did with his last 32 targets last season? What do you do, Sapi? Under 22 fantasy points. That's like a point and a half a target. That's nothing. And if that's anywhere near the case here, and I don't think he gets to 10 targets, he's not returning value to me. He's outside my top 24. All right, let's go DeAndre Hopkins against the New Orleans Saints or Jahan Dotson versus the Arizona Cardinals if Terry McLaurin does not play. If he doesn't play, Dotson. Let's go. I, let's go. I don't think Hopkins can have one big play. I think Dotson can. Let's go DeAndre Hopkins. Let's try to find one that's closer. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins or Drake London up against the Carolina Panthers in week one. A spoiler alert, I don't like Drake London this week. So I, I have Hopkins a few spots higher. I'm If I can avoid playing both, I am. All right, last one, DeAndre Hopkins or Brandon Ayuk going up against the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm going to go Ayuk, but I don't feel great about it. I, I trust Ayuk's volume a touch more than I do Hopkins scoring upside, but 
I, 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 I don't like either. <laughs> okay, all right. I, I lied. Last one. De uh, DeAndre Hopkins or Mike Evans that Derek just talked friend. about. Uh, I thought you were – you don't – friends don't lie to friends. I'm going Mike Evans there. Give me the super-sized okay. guy. Spoiler alert. Tune into the Thursday DFS podcast. There will be more Buccaneer talk. We're going Buccaneer propaganda on that show. So I'm going Mike Evans there. Come back tomorrow for more. All right. There's a tease. Uh, Derek, let's go with your first wide receiver to fade in week one. Yeah, I'm the captain of the sinking ship of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan club, and I love it for 2023, baby. So you mentioned Brandon Ayuk. That's actually the guy that I'm going to go ahead and fade out of my starting lineups this week. It's not that I don't like Ayuk as a player, and it's not that I don't think he's going to have a great season. Uh, but the Pittsburgh Steelers defense is still a pretty darn good unit, right? And this 49ers team is on the road. This is Brock Purdy's, you know, first game, full game back since we've seen his UCL tear. Um, how is he going to respond on the road against what I think is a team that's kind of flying under the radar there in the AFC North? So this is going to be, uh, I think, a lower scoring game than a lot of people expect. And there are still a lot of mouths to feed. I know that George Kittle is still a little dinged up, but they're still Debo Samuel. They're still Christian McCaffrey that are going to demand their own volume and work in the passing game. Uh, I does have the ability to make me eat my words, but I, I'd rather go in other directions in week one. All right, let's keep it moving here. Let's go back over. Uh, Sapi, you said that we would be talking about Drake London. Let's talk about Drake London. Yeah, I mean, I just uh, Atlanta, Carolina. Is there going to be a game on the slate that features less possessions than that one? Like, I get that the target share is high for London, but, you know, if you have a high percentage of the pizza and the pizza is one slice, like, you still don't have a lot of pizza. I'm not starting the pizza that is Drake London outside my top 30 this week. Yes, I understand there's improved quarterback play. Yes, I understand they're going to play a little bit faster. I just don't think there's enough looks for anybody in this game. It's going to be ugly. Enjoy the Bijan Robinson experience. But other than that, my goodness, I do not want a piece of this. Under a PPR point per target last season for London, and I don't think he's getting anywhere near 10 targets, which means I'm not putting him anywhere near my lineup. Wide receiver 31 for week one for me. Carolina and Atlanta has a over-under of 39 and a half. I don't uh, think they get there. Do we, that's terrible. Are we smashing the under there? Uh, yeah, this, I mean, Drake London, like you said, very, very high percentage target share, but are the overall pass volume, is the overall pass volume going to be there? That was the concern that we talked about, I mean, all offseason, and people were just all in on Drake London. He has the talent to make us yeah. absolutely look foolish, but it could come back to bite fantasy managers that confidently start him this week. Derek, go ahead. Yeah, one more thing about Drake London. I don't like that matchup against J.C. Horn. J.C. Horn's only given up one touchdown throughout the first two years of his career. I know he's been banged up, but that guy is a quality corner. So if I can stay away from him, I like steering away from the Atlanta offense. I take in a wait-and-see approach until we see what Desmond Ritter and the target share looks like with London and Pitts in the lineup with Ritter on our set. You are avoiding the Atlanta offense. There is another offense that you are avoiding here that we've already talked about. So your second wide receiver to fade going into week one. Go ahead. Again, I'll keep this very short and simple. We don't know who the starting quarterback is for the Arizona Cardinals, which means I'm not investing in the passing game in week number one, which includes Marquise Hollywood Brown. I do also like the fact that the Washington Commanders address the cornerback position and the secondary position as a whole uh, in this past 2023 NFL draft with Emmanuel Forbes going in the first round. So, you know, while I think that that's the way that you attack this commander's defense, I don't know if either quarterback's going to have enough time to be able to pepper Marquise Brown with enough targets for him to return value in week one. So I'm just staying away from the Cardinals altogether in week Agreed. one. 
Yeah, I think the only one that I would really be interested in is like the starting slot receiver, uh, the short area targets. But even that, I mean, we just interested. don't. We just, yeah, interested in major quotations. Uh, all right, let's move over to the quarterback position. We're going to fly through these ones, guys. As we look at some quarterbacks to start this week, we're looking at players in that top 15 area, the players that you can look to stream this week or look to get into your starting lineup if you are desperate for an option. It's week one, so we know that you guys drafted the players that you drafted. You're most likely going to be starting them. But let's start it off here, Sapi. Who's your quarterback start of the week? Yeah, I'll plug in Deshaun Watson. I mentioned Elijah Moore earlier, so we might as well get a stack as far as I'm concerned here. It's a tough matchup. The Bengals are no joke. Like, that's a good defense. But if Burrow's playing and getting it going back and forth, I like the game script potential here. And then you look at the opportunities for quarterbacks against the Bengals. Lamar... A mobile quarterback, 44 opportunities, and I'm defining an opportunity as a pass or a rush attempt. So 44, that's a big number. Kenny Pickett, not quite the athlete of Deshaun, but, you know, mobile. He had 44. Deshaun, in this matchup, had 48 last season. He doesn't have to be efficient. If you give a guy close to 50 attempts, he's going to post top 12 quarterback numbers, even if he's not any good. I happen to think Deshaun Watson is good and has three viable pass catchers. So I've got him at quarterback 11. I'm plugging him in. I think he's viable. He obviously comes with some risk. I'm sorry, I don't have him. At, I have him inside my top 10. So he is somebody that I think you can play. You drafted him probably as your starter, so I think you're comfortable in doing it. And I'm willing to roll the dice a little bit here. All right, Derek, let's throw it back over to you. Who is a quarterback that you were looking to start this week? Yeah, real quick, uh, I'll, I'll just kind of say that if I think DK Metcalf's going to have himself a really nice Gino. week, then mm -hmm. go ahead and give me Geno Smith right. under center. Again, I outside of Aaron Donald, I really am not scared of much on this Rams defense until they prove it. Um, yeah, they have some nice young players that intrigue me, but honestly, I don't see them being able to check Tyler Lockett or DK Metcalf in coverage, and that's if Jackson Smith and Jigba doesn't play. <laughs> so either way, I, I'm, I'm really high on Geno Smith smith for week number one all right let's turn it back over to the quarterback sits of the week players that we are a little bit concerned about and would potentially look to play our starters over them instead sampi i'll start it off with you who is a quarterback that you're looking to sit this week this is strictly an advice play because i have zero shares of dak prescott i wasn't on him this preseason i'm not on him in week one in the big apple against the giants he's under 11 and a half fantasy points in four of his last five Road divisional games, the one exception, came in week 18, and that doesn't even matter for us. I think Dak Prescott doesn't throw the ball enough to get there in this spot. I don't like that he doesn't run anymore, and it's Tony Pollard season. If we're just handing the rock to him and watching him roll up top five quarter, or running back numbers, I don't think Dak has a chance to get there. I don't think the volume's there. Giants not bad on the defensive end, and they hold the ball too. Dak outside my top 10 this week. I think for Dak to be able to return that value or to be a solid start, especially over the other guys that carry a lot more rushing upside, uh, you got to get a breakaway after the catch play yeah. from CD Lamb. And it can, or, you know, or Brandon Cooks sure. or Michael Gallup, whatever. And it can certainly happen, but is that really the way that you want to rely on getting that top 12 production? I'm, I have zero shares of Dak Prescott this year as well. Uh, Derek quarterback set of the week where are we going yeah I, as much as i love the rushing upside on a weekly basis now that anthony richardson has been named the starter again it's his first start in the nfl so i'm just trying to pump the brakes on inserting him into my lineup to start week one i want to wait and see how he looks for an entire game you know when it's not vanilla preseason defenses that he's facing off against and i want to see you know what this offense is going to be able to produce without the you know one of the best running backs in the league being active in jonathan taylor so there's there's a lot of upside with anthony richardson mm -hmm. but i'm just i want to be cautious with putting yep. him in my lineup for week number one 
Yeah, I think the sky's the limit, but it's also like, and we've been talking about him. We talked about him as a waiver wire stash that you mentioned yesterday in some leagues. He's going undrafted. Like, yeah, we're really, really excited, but also at the same time, let's exercise a bit of caution here. We just don't know truly what to expect. All right, tight end. Let's go to the tight end position here. A tight end that you were looking to start this week. Maybe fantasy managers are already dealing with that Travis Kelsey issue. They need a replacement option. We talked about a couple of them off the top. Sapi, I'll start with you. Who is a tight end that you're looking to start this week? Yeah, I mentioned it off the top with Gerald Everett. I mean, he's available in about half of leagues. He's my tight end 11. You're looking at a team with an implied total flirting with 27 points. Like, that's a lot of points to find on the wire. And Gerald Everett scored in his last three games. He led the team in receptions, yards, and scored their only touchdown the last time these two teams met in the wild card. Or, I'm sorry, in the wild card loss the last time we saw the Chargers on the field. And, you know, that was kind of the playoffs. That's kind of the most important game, and they were going his way. I, I'm not going to say he's going to lead the team in targets because he's not, but we're looking. I think Herbert leads the league in passing yards this year. I think this game against Miami, a good place for that to start. Start racking up some yards, some targets, some cheap targets. If he catches five balls for 60 yards, like you're dancing yep. for where you need to be at that low end tight end one spot. And I, they're going to score, you know, two, three, four touchdowns. He could get one of those. They look that way in the red zone. Give me Gerald Everett, could score, and I think he could get there even if he doesn't score. Yeah, the we've talked already about that Thursday night football matchup with the Kansas City Chiefs and the Detroit Lions, that high over-under. Yep. The second game that I am very, very interested in watching and targeting players in is that Miami Dolphins and Los Angeles Chargers Got matchup it. because of the projected point total for both teams there. This is, We're going to see points go up on the board in that one. Let's go, Derek, your tight end start of the week. Yeah, if we don't think Cooper Cup's going to be available for week number one, I think it's easily Tyler Higby. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, last season when Higby and Stafford were playing together, there were three games when Higby saw more than 10 targets in a contest. And I've already kind of mentioned that I have some concerns about the Rams' defense being able to slow down the Seattle Seahawks' offense. So if they're trailing, game script is going to favor Tyler Higby, who is the most reliable option in this passing game in week number one so i'm starting higby with confidence i think he's going to see plenty of volume and there is a sh i think there's a strong case to be made that he leads the team in targets in week number one not only that but going up against the seattle seahawks defense which literally at the beginning of the game walks up to the opposing tight end and says here's some fantasy points take them and just hand take them uh hands them to him so yes you obviously need to be getting tyler higby into your starting lineup let's go tight end sits of the week or fade Stompy, i'll start with you yeah, Cole Komet. I mean, Derek mentioned it earlier with this Packers-Bears game potentially being a slugfest on the ground, liking the running backs, and I'm with all that. And if that's true, I don't know how Cole Komet gets fed. We're looking at DJ Moore going to lead that team in targets. Mooney could take the top off for a play or two here or there. And then you're getting, I mean, you're approaching Fields' like 23 pass limit here. I don't know how many looks Komet can realistically get. He had one game with more than five catches last year. It came against these Packers, but it required a 30% target share. That's high expectations for not a ton of production. Six catches. Like, it's nice, but 30% isn't happening again. Mooney and Moore, obviously, were not in that game. I don't think Komet sees north of six targets, let alone six catches. So he's outside my top ten. All right, Derek, let's throw it back over to you. Your tight end sit of the week. Yeah, so I also don't really want to heavily invest in a rookie quarterback's debut against a very good defense and that means cj stroud against the baltimore ravens and i'm fading dalton schultz out of my starting lineup uh, not only do i think it may be a rough day at the office for for cj stroud and his nfl debut but i also love what i've seen from kyle hamilton being able to 
check opposing tight ends in coverage. So I, I just think it's going to be a potentially you know rough day at the office, uh, matchup wise individually for Dalton Schultz, and then as a whole for the Texans offensive unit. I if think Dalton's I think Derek's pro Kyle is what I just heard. Is that, is that what you got? Yep, That's what yep, I got from I, that analysis. I heard that. I heard okay. that. Uh, Dalton Schultz drafted tight end 14, tight end 15 off the board. So a player that people drafted if they did, uh, you know, if they did end up drafting him in the final round of their draft. He's someone that you do not have any sort of attachment to. You can easily yep. drop him and move on. So Derek, if people did draft Dalton Schultz because they're like, well, he's going to see a ton of targets here this, this year, but then the matchup in week one, do you drop him and go pick up Sam Laporta in that high-scoring matchup on Thursday Night Football? Yeah, I'm a huge fan of streaming tight ends unless you have an elite option. So I, I, I take it on a week-by-week -week basis. And if you want to get a, a week ahead, if you really like a matchup and really like a player um, to stash away as you continue to stream throughout the season, I'm totally on board with that. Well, fellas, I just made that change in my rankings. I moved Cole Komet and Dalton Schultz down and moved Sam Laporta we up. So well done, boys. Well done. All right. That was a ton of information here for you guys, getting you ready for your week one fantasy football matchups. We will be with you here all season long. So do not go anywhere. Make sure to rate and review the podcast. If you are listening, if you're watching over on YouTube, like subscribe, click that bell to get notified for when our new content drops again, a ton more coming your way. And I'm just going to leave it at that. There's even more content coming your way that you guys don't even know about. You're not going to even be ready for it. All right, gentlemen. Make sure to go over to pfnfantasy.com for all of the written content that you guys are going to want to need to dominate your league this season. All right, for Kyle Sapi and Derek Tate, I'm Kyle Yates, and we'll see you next time.